Welcome to Aligned and Ambitious Radio. I'm your host, Taylor Slanko, business coach, entrepreneur, dog mom to Marley, and iced coffee obsessed. I help women build businesses that give them total freedom with their time and money without sacrificing the things that are important to them. I was able to scale my business and brand well beyond six figures in sales my first year because I was focused on staying aligned and ambitious. I did things my own way, I wrote my own rules, and I believe your business is your playground. There's no one strategy, one size, or one way to build the business of your dreams. Through this podcast, I'm committed to peeling back the curtain and sharing the behind the scenes of my own business. So we'll talk about everything from mindset to strategies to marketing, and of course, how to make more money. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Aligned and Ambitious Radio. Today is an exciting episode. We have one of my clients, which is so weird to say, but also one of my like really good friends, Ariel Schiffer is here. She is amazing. I'm so excited to do this episode. We're going to talk all about online courses today. So if you are an entrepreneur who are thinking about adding an online course or a stream of passive income, or if you just feel like you have a gift that you want to share with the world and you haven't started your business yet, but you want to put something out there, this episode is going to be great for all of those people. So Ariel is actually the founder and CEO of a company called Dream Pro, which is a brand that's catered to helping ambitious women just like you turn their dreams into an online business with her framework, which is alignment, attitude, and action. So welcome, Ariel. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and how you got here? Sure. Hello, everyone. So I am here because of my incredible coach, Taylor. But um, (laughs) to give you some backstory on me, um, I basically fresh out of college, I got my degree in industrial organizational psychology, which in layman's terms is business psychology. And so I went to college for originally music industry, actually, um, decided that I wanted to dive into psychology. Something was just calling my name there. I didn't know what it was. And clearly it just led me all the way here. So um, went to college, ended up interning for Diesel, the Italian denim company. I started working for Lowe's headquarters. And in during all these different transitions, I was working on professional leadership development training programs. So training leaders, training individual contributors, uh, designing courses, frameworks, all of that fun stuff. And even though I truly enjoyed my work, like I had a lot of fun. Um, It was just, I knew there was just something missing. I always felt like there has to be more to this. One of my big things was realizing too, I was like, as much as I respect the people I work for, and I'm actually very close with one of my previous bosses, um, I'm not meant to work for someone else. (laughs) And I just knew that with my creative spirit, I was like, I need to just do things my way and try it. And so I actually got very inspired by my previous job, which was definitely soul sucking <laughs> to describe it. And I was, you know, at that time I was doing some freelance resume writing for an international company. I was career coaching anyways, just in my, um, in my roles. And so I, it just felt like a very natural transition for me to do career coaching, you know, just as a business. And so I started doing that and it was a lot of fun. And quickly scaled and grew just because of reputation and people I've worked with previously that referred other people. 
and was able to quit my job in about 90 days, which was really unheard of, honestly, and a lot of fun, but also very terrifying. I think when you, people want to grow fast, but you don't realize the growing pains that happen when you grow fast. And so, you know, even though it's fun, there's, there's also another side of it. It's that, that like uncertainty and wanting to make sure it's stable. <laughs> it's really important. We could do literally a whole episode just on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's good. It's bad, but it definitely lit a fire under my butt. Like I work really well under pressure. So when I just committed, I was like, this is it. Like I'm doing this thing. And, um, so after that, what I really loved was a lot of my career coaching clients came to me with either businesses that they started that were just kind of like meh, or they wanted to start one. And I just got so inspired by it all. And I was like, let's, let's do this. And so I started helping them. And I realized you don't realize how much, you know, until you teach someone else. And, you know, all these light bulbs were going off things that I just knew from years of experience and working with leaders that other people who didn't have my background weren't privy to. So I was able to provide that perspective and help them in that way. And I was like, this is what excites me. So I need to follow that path. And that's what I teach my people (laughs) too in career coaching, right? It's like, you know, if something feels good, don't just try to shut it down because it's something different. I love that. Yeah. And that, and that's really what led to my transition of now doing business coaching. I still do a little bit of career coaching because like I said, like I need to make sure that I do this transition too in a stable way. And so, um, you know, making sure that I could sustain this lifestyle too, because the time gives me the opportunity to grow my business. So in that transition, but it's, it's so much fun. I love that. I've always told you too, like you have such a unique background and what you do and even the career coaching for me, like I've been in the coaching space for a while now, but I've actually never seen a career coach and Mm -hmm. at that, like a successful one. So when we started working together, I was like, keep a little piece of this because it, it really blends because the people you also start to like career coach might not know they want a business. And then it's just, you have that natural next step. So I just, I love that. And now what we're going to talk about today, which is like the passive piece of it, it's a whole nother layer and dimension. So what Mm -hmm. for you, and I think it's going to mean different for everyone, but like, what are the benefits of creating an online course? There's so much. I think what I realized really quickly with coaching is when you work with somebody one-on-one and they're at a specific space, like you want to spend that time addressing their needs, but at the same time too, you don't want to spend too much time on education. You want to spend a lot of time on application or, you know, digging through the mind stuff. Right. And so courses are a great way to just get that foundational knowledge. I think anytime you're building a skill or flexing a new skill or really trying to focus on a specific expertise or area, a a course is just an excellent way to really dig into that material. As long as it's structured right, (laughs) and it's not right, um, it could really provide you exactly what you need at different levels. I think, you know, especially if you're in a business and and you're scaling and growing, you know, that one-on-one coaching and mentorship will always be invaluable. But there are certain things that you can get from just a course that you don't necessarily need from that one-on-one experience, which also saves you money too, because courses are generally (laughs) more cost-effective too. Um, But yeah. (laughs) I agree. I think the biggest thing for me is like what I was finding, because I actually started with a course. That's how I get started. (laughs) And a lot of people will start by taking one-on-one clients for that reoccurring. So in whichever way you've entered the space, I think there's different pathways, but 
when I did start taking one-on-one clients, it was like, okay, we cannot take up every single coaching session with just like the logistics. Mm -hmm. Like you need to know what to do. And then there's going to be questions that come up in implementation that you're going to bring to the coaching calls. And that's, what's going to make the coaching package effective. So that's why when I restructured my one-on-one coaching, I was like, they get everything. They get every course, every resource, every training I've ever created because I don't want to waste their time. It's such a high ticket package. It's a high investment. It's a high energetic investment that I wanted them to have that foundation. So I think a lot of people are like, yeah, courses, passive income, which of course, yes, they are. It's a way to work with us without a lot of our time so people can start with us and grow with us. But beyond that, it actually helps create a more solid like catapult for your clients to have a good experience working with you. So speak oh, yeah. to that. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's exactly how I found you too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> Taylor's like the queen of like online ads too. So I'm pretty sure I found you through one of your ads, but um, I just remember I found you, don't you just always find the right people at the right time. So I remember um, seeing something about your launch course and it was just so funny because like at that point I was just like, what the hell is a launch? Like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I was just like, whatever. Like, she seems cool. Like she seems like she knows her stuff. So oh I just like <laughs> took the, I took your um, launch party week, your like challenge that you had before. And I just remember the first day I was just like, I still have no idea what the fuck's going on. So cool. And then like, for some reason I went back the second day. Cause I was like, she has some shit in that head and I'm going to get it out. And so <laughs> I was just like, kept going back. And then like, by the end of the week, I was, I remember I reached out and I was just like, I'm brand new. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Is this for me? And you just gave me a very straightforward answer. And I, I so appreciated that. And I think that's really important too, is, you know, if you want to be in the business of helping people, that's the first thing you need to think about is just the other person, not yourself. And so I just saw that through your message. And I was like, you know what, like, in some way, shape or form, I'm going to need this. And it was like the greatest thing, like launching is definitely a specific part of your business. It doesn't encompass everything that's going to be involved. But it gave me so much foundational knowledge. And your course was so like was it was just it flowed beautifully. And the great thing is it's called five figure flow. So there's so much flow about it. So much and, <laughs> and I appreciate that because I have a background in instructional design and designing courses that are effective and actually have like give you that behavior change. Cause that's the point. It's not just like throw information at you. Like everybody hates when they're getting bombarded with information, right? Like you don't need a talking head in front of the room. You need to know how to apply shit. And so that's what I really appreciated about your course and why I'm here right now months later is because I, you know, was able to see a transformation in myself in just the short amount of time that I took that course. And at the time it was what I needed was just that information that, and how to apply it. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to creating courses, what are some things to keep in mind during that whole process? Because there's a whole process. Like a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, just going to, you know, birth the course. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, what is it going to do? How is it going to help? What's it going to be called? What's the structure? What's the, I mean, there are so many points in the planning process. So what's your take on that? Yeah. So, um, you know, in my, I guess like corporate roles, you could say I utilize the Addy methodology, which is a very proven framework for designing courses. And my framework for it is a more condensed version, because to be honest with you, I believe like Addy was definitely created in a slower paced world. And it's a lot. And no, for real though, like in the corporate world, when you're designing stuff, and even as an entrepreneur, like you need to move quick, you want to move 
quick. And so the adding methodology, in my opinion, is something that's very drawn out and it's very helpful, but like you don't want to get caught in the weeds so much that you're not delivering on the value you need to at the right time. And so my framework is really not just a condensed version in the way of taking out, you know, stuff that's important, but it takes out the fluff and just really helps you move along. And so one of the big steps, the first step you need to do is really conduct your analysis. And so many people throw around the word word market research, which is like one specific part of it. And we think sometimes that just like putting something on our stories and getting some feedback is it. And that's actually, it's a great way to see like who engages with your content and just to kind of get a feel out there. But like, for example, yesterday, like I put a story out there and I said like, you know, tell me like how many of you are interested in this and that just to get a feel and to see too who's responding. And some people that have never interacted with my stuff interacted, of course, you know, got some nice bots in there, (laughs) but like, you know, it's just a gauge, right? But what you really need to do is make sure that your pool that you're pulling from to get market research is big enough to make these assumptions and ideas. And I think there's also a balance too, because we're told in business all the time, like, you know, follow your own path. You don't have to necessarily like get approval from people, this and that, but it's a balance between like being innovative and seeing that there's a need and also seeing what people are asking for and what, you know, what their needs are. And, and, and so, um, being really intentional about your analysis is important, asking the right questions. And those are the questions that need to frame your objectives, which is something that I see missing all the time in courses. And it is the best way for you to actually get a transformation in your behaviors. So definitely (laughs) take time to do proper analysis. You should do analysis from everything from the topics to the actual course objectives. So like what you're going to be actually speaking about. So that way you can identify the scope of your project, right? Because scope creep is a real thing. And scope creep is when you say, I'm going to develop a course on this. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I kind of want to include that. And then I kind of want to include that. And then all of a sudden it becomes this like big mishmash of just like, you know, a bunch of different rants and it's not focused. And then from there, like your messaging, trying to sell your course gets all weird, right? Then That's hilarious. I talked about a point in my business after like my first course that I launched where I was like, I need to sell something else, but I don't want to create just another course. So I'm just going to basically hodgepodge trainings together. And it just came out so miscommunicated. And sometimes I refer back to the one time ever, literally still to this day. What is today? February 20th, 2020, bitches. I've had one person ask me for a refund and it was on the program that was hodgepodge together. (laughs) (laughs) Stop throwing your shit together. (laughs) If If you're intentional, one, it'll take way less of your time. Two, you're, you're, clients are going to get better results, which mean better testimonials, which means the next time you launch it, it's going to be more successful. And three, it doesn't confuse you. Cause like I've done courses where I'm like, I'm just going to outline it and we're going to do it. We're just going to make some slides and I'm going to talk for 20 minutes. And then I'm like, you know, at the end of it, you're just like, this sucks. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like this blows. And I told people I drop it like next week. Like, what am I going to do? So, um, be intentional. Take the time up front and it's going to save you time later. So that's a big, that's big hilarious. Honestly, it's so real. Okay. <laughs> Talk about mistakes to avoid. What are some like horror stories or big mistakes or maybe even misconceptions of people think I need to do this, but it's actually the opposite of what they should do. Right. Um, oh, 
so many. So <laughs> I will tell you just, first I'll tell a story because I like storytelling. So I bought Taylor's course. I've bought like everything or whatever from her. And so like, <laughs> cause it's great. And I know what to expect. Like the great thing is like, I love seeing people that put themselves out there. They share so much valuable content and then you buy something from them and you're like, oh my God, this is just another arsenal of amazingness, right? And so the best thing you could do is surprise people in a really good way. <laughs> um, because you could be really good at selling, but if you sell something and you're so good at selling, but you over you overpromise, it's going to bite you in the ass. And so, you know, in the industry, I feel like people talk all about how do I sell my courses? How do I create content that sells? How do I sell? Pay as much attention to the actual content as you do to selling it, because that's how you're going to get repeat customers. That's how you're going to get repeat clients is by being really good at selling, but then have your content be able to speak for itself too. And I had, I ran into this because there was um, a big coach that I bought a really small program from because, you know, she was just, she's very prominent in the industry and she was talking about a very specific topic. And I was like, I would love to learn more about this topic. And that's the thing too, like get things when it's relevant for your business, not just feeling like, I mean, I think sometimes when we're selling stuff, we try to create this like fear of missing out and all that, but like buy what you need. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be something that you're going to want to buy. And if you're like a learning and development junkie, like I am, like, there's always something out there, right? But like, get what you need. And so I got this course, because I was like, this is a specific topic that I've had a lot of questions about. And it was basically just videos of her talking in a very messy room for like 20 to 30 minutes at a time, just talking at the video. And I was just like, is this a hypnosis? Like, this is bad. And like the worst part was, is her content is fucking incredible. Like actually like the word she was saying, what she was saying was great, but her delivery was so distracting. It was so not engaging. I, and I, I'm, I'm the type of person, like I could usually like pay attention if I really, really try, you know, but I know there are people with shorter attention spans than I do, than I have. And so if you really want people to learn and digest what you have to say, you need to make it something that is intriguing for them. Because I mean, think about how quickly you probably breeze through Instagram stories. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to want to watch your face for comments. A question I get asked all the time is how far out should I be planning for my launch? So I went ahead and made you a complete timeline and checklist so you know exactly what you need to do to prepare for your next launch. And you can grab it for free at taylorslango.com slash launch plan. And the link is also in the show notes in this episode. I've also bought courses um, from big names. And I think that's the disconnect. And we're coming out of the DCA launch as we're recording this episode. So by the time you guys are listening, it will have been wrapped up. But a big thing I've been talking about for the month of February is online reputation. And there has been a disconnect in, wow, this name and this influencer, she has this following, she has this credibility, people talk about her. And I've bought some stuff. And I'm just like, one, am I missing something? Do I just have like a weird high standard? But it's just been such a letdown. And to come back from that is really difficult. So oh, I yeah. I totally agree with you. And when it comes to putting as much focus on your content as selling the thing is one of the strategies that I use every single launch is I don't want to market my face. I'm going to let the course speak for itself. So I share mm -hmm. screenshots galore during my launches because I want to come from a place of like, don't just take it from me. So I think that yeah. when you get that response, it'll speak volumes to how effective your program actually is. 
Oh yeah. And it speaks so much integrity too. And like, that's the thing too. Like when, like in your courses, if you want to make them interactive and you're like, okay, Ariel, like you're telling me not to talk on video for 20 minutes. Like, what do I do? Right. right. It's all about making sure that your visuals are on point and they're an asset. I mean, I'm sure you've learned in school or college, like don't have like 8 billion, you know, <laughs> sentences on a slide. The same thing goes for learning. Like course design is different than a PowerPoint though. You know, there's a lot of interest, intricacies that go into it. There's a lot of ways to be able to hook your audience and, and adult learning principles that you can use to also help them remember things if they need to, right? But we're also in a digital age where like nobody should have to really memorize something. It's more so remembering strategies or processes that'll help them in the moment. But another thing too is like, you know, I see this like not fad, but like everybody's creating these fucking workbooks in Canva and they're like, it comes with a workbook. And it's like one journal prompt. I'm like, is this aligned to you? And like, <laughs> as much as this is a great question to ask sometimes, like this does not institute like behavioral change. And that's what you want. You want people to change their behaviors because that's how they're going to be an advocate for your programs and your content and just you as a person. And so think about the activities that they need to have and create to create that behavioral change. And also too, like in my course that I have coming up for um, designing your own course, it talks about the fact that like, Hey, if you have a module that doesn't need a fucking workbook, then don't give them a fucking workbook. Like don't just give them something to give them something. You know what I mean? Like advertising that you have 15 modules that are eight hours long is honestly the most painful thing I could ever see. Like I'm somebody who values my time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't tell me that it's going to take me 20 hours to go through one module. Like, you know what I mean? So think strategically about how the person's going to learn best. Don't try to fit into a mold of, I need four modules and five workbooks and all this stuff. Just think about them first, not about what you think looks good. I think too, it's one of those circumstances where just less is more. Like in the beginning, when I created my first course, it was, and it's funny because it, it sold and I didn't know any better at the time, of course, but I was just like, how can I talk a little bit longer? Like, how can I make my videos a little bit longer instead of 20, it's 40. And I think that that for me at that time in my life was worthiness. Like, I think it'll be worth more if I'm giving more of my time, but it, that's not the case. And it's like, back to your point about the workbook are you adding a workbook because it's, you can market it. It's another thing to stack. It's another thing that that's a selling point. Like, ew, mm -hmm. like gagged me, please. Like, <laughs> but I, when I go through course creation, it's like, is this adding value? Is this mm -hmm. going to help? Like, is this going to take the experience to the next level? And mm -hmm. if the answer is no, I don't even waste my time on it. And even like, yep. you know, the videos range from, eight minutes. The shortest one is probably like five or eight minutes. And it's because what I'm talking about in that specific video, you don't need any more than that. So I mm -hmm. also think courses itself is about stripping down fluff because most, like most of the time, and I love you all and I love my own content, obviously, but like what you're teaching isn't new most of the time. Yeah. And what you're teaching <laughs> is also available in many books, resources, documentaries, Google blogs, whatever, like it's out there. So your job and why people are buying your course is for you to strip it down, take all, all the fluff and just really deliver comprehensively what they need to know to experience a transformation. Yeah. I mean, you're just a curator of information, right? Anybody yeah. can Google anything that we're talking about, 
you know? And so what we're, they're looking to us as, you know, leaders or course creators or professionals is to say, take out the bullshit and give it to me in a way that I can implement it right away. But really, I mean, you can go out and try to source all this information yourself. You're just using our framework or whatever it is. So um, another thing too, this is like so random, but like, if you do design your workbooks, <laughs> just a quick tip, make them either uh, printer friendly. So like as much as you love to like put your hot pink stamp on like the entire page, like I'm going to hate you if I want to print it out, but better yet, make it fillable. So that way people can type in it too. So I make all my stuff fillable because I mean, just, but that's just an example of like thinking through things of like, how can I make their lives easier? How can I give them action steps at the end of a module? Like the more you can make people have to think less, the more they're going to appreciate you. So And come yeah. back for more, which is what I'm big oh, on. Yeah. If you guys want a tool to do that for free too, even if it's just like a free download, you can Google PDF Escape and that'll be a resource that you can use for free. But just going back, I just want to make this joke because I think it's so funny. But like we should literally, what you said is so true. We should all change our Instagram like bios and titles to just like information curators because... <laughs> That's all we are. That's so funny. Um, yep. Okay. So why don't you bring us home and just give like your best top tips to making courses that are actually transformationable? Cool. Okay. I will. So, I mean, I kind of touched upon these things anyways during the interview, but always keep the person in mind and what the transformation is. And so by doing that, or the way that you could do that is by having clear cut course objectives. So course objectives, you know, in I guess like the boring, like sort of like instructional design world, it's really like, you know, in what context are they going to be able to do what? And so I used to actually hate writing course objectives because I was like, God, this is so technical. And I'm like a very like, just let me do my thing sort of girl. But it's really great because it makes you think like, how can I literally make sure that every single thing in this course is aligned to my main course objectives? And how do I show that transformation? So that allows you. So by having that, it's basically like your guiding principles. And so if it doesn't fit within those course objectives, it doesn't belong in your course. So that saves you time. I mean, if it's something that is kind of an added asset, maybe have that as the bonus, right? Because it's not necessarily aligned to those core objectives. So that's one thing. Another thing too is to explore different modalities and stop looking at what other people in the industry are doing or how they're structuring things and make your own rules for it. And so I loved how Taylor said, like, all my private clients get all of my stuff because I just created for my um, private business coaching clients a whole VIP vault. So that way they have access to everything I've ever created. And if they have a question about something, I just point them to the material that I've already created. That way I don't have to spend the coaching call talking about that. Hey, watch this. And then like, let's talk about how we can implement it for your business. Or let's talk about questions you have, you know, so utilize your resources in the best way, make things actionable for people. So anytime they can make action, they'll feel like they're making progress. And that goes for anything that is tactical, but also it could be mindset related, right? I mean, journaling and prompts and all that stuff is really important, but that's like one piece of it. And so that's also important. Think about how you can incorporate accountability into your courses, even if they are passive. And so that could be in terms of like maybe having a Facebook community that kind of not necessarily runs itself, but people can help each other, sort of like a collaborative space. And another thing too, and, and I used to do this all the time, and I'm like, why don't people do this in this world? Having pre and post work, having content that kind of drips. So let's say, I'm rolling out my course in March, I might have stuff that goes out in May, 
in June, in July, maybe up through next year that provides them content at the right time that kind of builds on it, right? So, you know, you could do drip content. You can create things that kind of last longer and it always keeps you in their minds, right? Like, oh yeah, like this is a great addition to that. So think about that. And then also um, you really introduced me to the concept of beta launches, which we think are just genius because it's a great way of marketing a new program, getting feedback and then making it even better. Um, And so always letting people know that they're in a beta launch and to provide you that feedback loop because not enough times, I think sometimes we put things out there and we say, hey, give me feedback or whatever, but you need to have intentional measurement at the end of your courses to see if there has been a change in those behaviors. And the way that you do that is by creating measurement strategies based on your objectives. Again, testing, making sure that what you promised in your objective is actually happening. And that's how you can also prove your results and share it again for your next launch. So I talk about this all in my core framework, but it's just be intentional and it'll just, it'll make your life even easier though. That's the best thing because it could be kind of overwhelming to think I'm doing a course and then you're just like, well, where do I even fucking start? You know what I mean? So go step-by-step. You have to slow down to speed up, but it's so worth it. And then that'll really create that ongoing income for you because your reputation is going to be on point from the integrity that you have in your program, just knowing that you did it wholeheartedly and you did it the best way possible um, and you did it easily. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) beta launches are huge. I think that's super underrepresented too, because going back to the objective, what you think might be the steps to that big, bold promise might not actually be, or there might be a missing link. Like for five figure flow in the context of that, which by the time you guys are listening to this, it's opening in a few weeks actually. So that's cool to wrap it back to five figure flow. It's like people loved that course and that was a beta launch. And I was promising they could make their first $10,000 launch. That's a huge promise. It's something I did for myself. So when I went through the beta launch and on the other side, I had multiple people go through that program who didn't just have $10,000 launches. They had $20,000 launches, $25,000 launches. So now it's like, I've proven the concept and it works. However, there was still things missing. A lot of the feedback that I got was like, I know how to launch, but now I have no one to launch to. And that's where Dream Client Accelerator came. So I can plug in some bonuses next time I launch that. So I think also just leaving on the note of also be open for expansion. Like it's okay if it's not perfect and it's okay if it needs to become five modules instead of eight or, you know, eight instead of three or whatever it is. It's like, get that feedback and be honest because the better it gets, the better it gets. And the more you get that feedback, and you prove the concept and you deliver that promise by the third, fourth, fifth launch, it's going to become something that is so well known. And it's crazy. I mean, think about, and I think this is a horrible example actually to use because I've never taken the program. Um, And I think there are programs, nobody fucking shoot me for this. It's my own fucking podcast. I can say what I want. Um, but like B school and Marie Forleo, it's like that shit launches once a year and everyone and their mother knows, knows it. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've heard mixed reviews. It's it's okay. It's good. Just the basics. It doesn't matter. She still makes multiple millions from that launch one or two times a year, every year, because people know what it is. So when you rev up your course and you relaunch it, it's going to get better. It's going to get more well-known. The launches are going to get bigger. And I had something else to say that's not in my brain anymore right now about it. Well, while you think about that, <laughs> I think the big thing too is um, 
keep it polished, but it doesn't have to be perfect. That's a big thing. Polished, not perfect. I have seen some gritty shit. And I want to say, always look at your stuff and think, if my audience had no idea who I was and they watched this, what would they think about me? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you still want to keep that good impression, regardless of whether you're an influencer with like 50,000 people or you have 200 of your closest friends and family in your audience, keep it polished, but you know, don't get stuck in the perfectionism of it. It's something that can always evolve. Yeah. Yeah. And it should, I think you should revisit it. And I don't think it really matters what you're teaching because the way of teaching, like even the Addy method compared to what you're like, you know, creating and distributing it's mm-hmm. evolved and it, may, oh, yeah. it might look different in two years. It might look different in three years and you're going to revisit it and make it better. And the mm-hmm. thing about online courses, this is what I was going to say. It's property of yours. It's like an investment property. It's like oh, it yeah. will grow. So it's not like you're just going to launch it once and then, oh, all that effort is for nothing. It, the strategy, at least I hope your intention behind it is to make it better and launch it always and make it a signature offer, or put it on evergreen, but have it constantly growing and being sold. And when that's the case, I think you can look at it a lot long-term where people aren't like, I have to make it perfect this one time. It's just like, I have to get version one out there. And then version mm-hmm. two and it, and it builds from there. So yeah, yeah. At least just meet the expectations of what you're sharing with your audience of what it's going to be. And as you go through it, like, I think it'll be, it would be an issue if you went, like you had people go through the program and you're like, nope, no updates need to be made. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that would be a little unreal. Like there's always a way to improve everything. Yeah. And listening to your audience. Like with Dreamfine Accelerator, when I launched it, I was like, no Facebook group, no live components. Like it just doesn't make sense. I don't think it's necessary. Halfway through the launch, I was overwhelmed with how many people like a Facebook group was really a deal breaker. So I didn't stand in quicksand and say, I'm not doing a Facebook group because I don't like, no, it was like, I'm going to give you more of what you want. You want a Facebook Mm -hmm. group? It's that significant to you. That helps me learn more about my audience and how they like to be served. Like you get a Facebook group, you get a Facebook group you can all fucking have them <laughs> so be open to that yeah yeah and just have fun with it too like yes enjoy and and check in with people like even if it is a passive program you know that doesn't really have much interaction or even if it has a little bit of interaction like check in with people ask them how they're doing you know what I mean that's a great way to get testimonials and feedback right then and there you don't have to wait for people to tell you things because everybody's busy doing their own shit you know what I mean so but it means a lot when people reach out to me and are like hey you know is there anything I can do to help you out even if it's not something that has a coaching component. Yeah. And I mean, even going to the scaling piece of that, that can be automated too. Like Mm -hmm. I have a certain freebie that goes out that um, it's like the work is quarterly because it's all about quarterly sales planning. So they get an email every quarter on a timely manner. That's like, Hey, just want to pop in. So you can also keep that intimacy as you scale, which I always like to mention, but you have something exciting coming up. So why don't you tell everyone listening where they can find you and hang out with you more? Okay, fine. So I'm very excited because I am launching my course (laughs) called The Course Alchemist. And what I am doing is breaking it down for you in a very thoughtful way, of course, taking my own advice, but really just giving you the core framework to design a course. And so, you know, I want you to go through this and one, be able to take immediate action to not feel overwhelmed and three, just have a lot of fun with it because that's my thing. Like I always enjoy having fun with anything I create. And so this is kind of like my brain baby because this is something that I've been doing for years and I have my own 
methodologies. And I realized not everybody has these skills and these hacks and these, you know, I don't want to say shortcuts because I hate shortcuts and I think they kind of bite you in the butt at the end, but it's really, I'm all about getting to my destination in the most efficient way. And that's exactly what this is. And it's something that you can use time and time again, of course, with any course that you're launching. And I believe I'm going to have a guest expert as well, dropping in a module on how to launch this. So Oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be having a basically, I guess you could say a workshop mini challenge, call it whatever you want, but it's going to be basically mapping out your course idea in an hour. And that'll be just like a free training for you to check out the methodology, start using it right away. And if it seems like something that is a great fit for you, you're going to have the opportunity to join my program, which will be of course, of course. And so um, that is going to be March 23rd on a Monday. Um, and so I will be sending out the details to those who register. But if you want to find out about this, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is dreampro underscore D-R-E-A-M-P-R-O underscore. We'll, we'll link everything <laughs> in the show notes so you guys can Perfect. Just <laughs> or you could search Ariel Schiffer if you don't, you know, mess up my name. But Ariel, like the mermaid, Schiffer, like, you know, Claudia Schiffer. I don't know. But um, and you can also find me on like LinkedIn and all the jazz. But yeah, totally happy to connect with people. If you have questions about courses or you just want to say, Hey, like, you know, just say hi to me. I'm very approachable. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, thank you for being on the show. This was such a good episode. If you guys love yeah. it, as always screenshot it, tag both of us on Instagram, just so we know what you love, because when we know what you love, we can create more of that. So thank that's you so all much. for this episode. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. That's a wrap. If you loved this episode, be sure to screenshot it, post it on your Instagram story, and tag me. To stay up to date on all things aligned and ambitious, make sure you're subscribed to the show, and I'm always so grateful when you leave a review. New episodes drop every single Monday, and during the in-between, you can find me hanging out on Instagram. So I hope to connect with you over there, and I'll see you next week.